0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. This morning it is Father's Day and we want to celebrate uh, the significance of our fathers. And we want to celebrate what God is demonstrating to us about fatherhood, letting us know what we need to understand about fatherhood. And I want to ask you, if you will, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 in your Bibles. And this is a passage of Scripture in which Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees. And as He often did, He would use parables and other... Uh, means of of confronting uh, the Pharisees and and their uh, beliefs and the things that they were saying and the, uh, the things that they were uh, upset about and um, uh, Jesus is dealing with with uh, the aspect of uh, of God receiving sinners and and what we have to understand is, is is the background the significance of what's happening here in this passage of scripture before we even get to the parable itself the Pharisees of course uh, they feel like they're the, the authorities on the law, the authorities on the Scripture, and, the, and uh, they feel like uh, in order to... Uh, uh, now, the Pharisees' rule of thought... Now, understand, I'm not saying this is Christianity. This is what the Pharisees in Jesus' day believed, that uh, the process of getting... Uh, close to God and being a part of God's family first and foremost was all about just simply being born into the right lineage the right family of being a child of Abraham if you uh, in the Pharisees mind no one was able to get close to God unless they were a part of uh, the chosen ones and then on top of that Uh, they felt like and they believed that the key to being close to God was following rules, following uh, regulations, doing this and doing that. And you've got some people even to this day that, that have this mentality of, well uh, Christianity is about do's and don'ts you do these things you go to church you give a tithe you uh, straighten up and fly right you do good things to for people you do charitable things in your community you live the right kind of life and people believe that uh, and uh, they, there's conversely things you don't do you don't go out and uh, I remember the old saying from a long time ago uh, uh, you don't uh, dance and you don't chew and you don't go around with those who do um, you, you don't participate in things uh, uh, that, that are associated with, uh, with being uh, disrespectful or being uh, wrong or, or doing the wrong things and, and people get the understanding, the thought that simply by doing the right things and avoiding the certain things that that gets you into heaven and and so we still have that mixed up mentality of of earning your way into salvation, earning your way into God's presence, earning your way into the good graces of God. And and Jesus is trying to help them to understand that there's so much more to having a relationship with God. And first and foremost, it has to do with what He has come to accomplish, and that is to give grace and mercy. On the cross of Calvary, and so uh, Jesus is uh, telling uh, uh, these people, the Pharisees, about uh, God's criteria, and he comes to a a. In doing so, he he shares a couple of different parables, and uh, the one that we're going to look at today is about uh, uh, a young son and his relationship to his father. And for so many people, they feel like that this parable is all about the son, about the son who uh, comes to his father. And, and we don't have time to really get into all the meat of what's here because there's so much stuff that's here. Uh, so I want to fixate on a few other things. But uh, as a as a kind of a recap, we, we see a young man that comes to his father and he, he makes a shameless request of his father. He comes to his father in in Luke chapter 15 and and, uh, around uh, verse uh, 17 or so, he starts talking about how he desires to have his inheritance right then. He comes to his father and he says, look, uh, basically he makes the shameless request. He says, I don't want to wait for you to die. And in essence, what he's saying to his father is, is, I wish you were dead right now. Now that's a shameless request if I ever heard one. Uh, not only is he not grateful for all that his father has done, not only is he not grateful for all the things that he is about to receive because of the, uh, the uh, largesse of his father. And, and listen, this is not even the oldest son. This is the younger son. The man has two sons and he has an older son and a younger son. It's the younger son. He's not going to get... As much as the older son, in in Jewish tradition, the oldest son, the firstborn son, got nearly seventy five percent of all the holdings of the father. It was only a measly twenty five percent of whatever was left, or, or just what was left over after that, that was split amongst all the other children, other others, and and we have to understand this is. Jewish society and Jewish rules are that sons are the only ones that uh, that received an inheritance. Uh, so uh, the sons were the ones that were getting uh, the inheritance. So the son is... Uh, daughters, they got a dowry. They got... Uh, 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 Benefits that way, but they didn't get an inheritance, and so the son was uh, would have had to split all that he was going to have with any other sons that were after the firstborn son and him, him himself. We only hear of two, so uh, he would have gotten the rest. And he's saying, "I don't want to wait for you to die. I want you. I want to live as if you were already dead." It's a shameless request. He's saying, "I I I, I want to start living now. I don't want to have." Uh, a time in which I g- uh, wait until that time, and and what was the responsibility of a son prior to his father 's death uh, death his uh, the son 's responsibility was to do everything he could to serve the father, everything he could to uh, to increase the father 's wealth, everything he could to uh, to uh, participate in a family venture of the basically, it was a family business of whatever the father was doing. Uh, the you know, and in this uh, instance, we know he's uh, at least uh, a rancher or something like that because he's got a farm. He's and his son, uh, because the other son is uh, called in from the field, and so we see that his uh, he's saying, "I don't want to waste my life doing all of this." For you, I want to get my life on the roll. I want to do uh, what I can. And this was a request that was so shameless in this time. Uh, This son would have been outcast. He would have been shunned. He would have been uh, treated as if he no longer was a part of the family. He would be without any uh, connection to the family at all. And so he made this shameless request, and he would, and not only is it an affront to his father in terms of personal. But this father would be uh, shunned and rebuked by all the others in the community. He would be seen as a laughing stock, and uh, amongst his peers, he would be seen as someone. Look, you've got a son that cares so little about you. He wants you dead. He, 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 you're lucky he just didn't go ahead and take your life. Uh, they would they would ridicule him. He would be up for uh, reproach and rebuke amongst his peers, and so this. Request is so shameless in its effort. It's all about the Son. It has nothing to do with the Father. has nothing to do uh, uh, to uh, bolster the, the, the Father at all. It's all about the Son and what the Son wants, what I want, me, 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 my, my, my. Sound familiar? Sound familiar, by the way? Sounds like a lot of people today in their relationship to God. We got people that, that they, they want to act and live as if God doesn't exist. They want to act and live as if God isn't is there. In fact, uh, years ago there was a, a shameless uh, article in, in a prominent magazine. Basically, it boldly proclaimed God is dead. It's because that's where the society of this world uh, is going. It wants to act as if God is dead, as if God is of no significance. And God has no influence on us. And this young man, as Jesus portrays him, is shameless in his request. And this would have been shocking to the ears, to the Pharisees that are hearing this story. They would have uh, had all sorts of anger and condemnation for the son. Not only did this son make this shameless request, he makes a shameless rebellion. He goes off into another country. And he begins to live a riotous life. Uh, verse 11 is where the story begins. He says, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Give me a portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided, uh, divided them unto his, uh, uh, unto his living. And not many days later after that, the young son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He was in uh, shameless... He made a shameless rebellion. He lived, uh, he didn't go and establish a a homestead. He didn't go and and try and and go out and strike out on his own. He didn't go and and bolster the the fortune of anyone, not even himself. He went out and wasted everything that his father had done, wasted everything that his father had uh, accumulated over the years of hard labor and hard work. It says that he... Lived a riotous life. he went off and he wasted it and after he'd spent it uh, 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 in that riotous living he not only did he uh, uh, live a riotous life of partying but he also uh, uh, this The wording here implicates that he not only did that, he did shameful things like uh, going around with prostitutes and and just wasting his money on on doing everything wrong, everything shameful, everything uh, 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 with reproach, and doing everything against his father, all to his father's shame. Everything would be heard and brought back to the community, everyone would know uh, that his son was was out living this way, even though he was off in another country. The word would get back that his son was living this way and he would be a, a rebuke in the community and his father would be shamed because of the way he brought up his son. And so in the midst of all that, we hear as he's in this far country and he's wasted all of his living and riotous living and excess and in morality, and, and living a uh, wanton life. And when he had spent it all, a famine arose in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and set uh, him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would wane, fain having his belly filled uh, with the husk of the swine uh, did eat. And no man gave unto him him. And so we see that his downfall is even further. He's not only wasted everything that he's had, that his father provided, but it's gotten so bad that he had to hire himself out as a slave to a a man who who, uh, had no... uh, uh, Desire to even consider the fact that he was a Jewish individual. He was given the worst job a Jew could ever be given, and that was to feed the swine. To go out into the field, and and not only he's he's not only caring and tending for the swine, he he begins to say that it says that he's he's making so little that he's so hungry he begins to eat the the food that is given to the swine. It's as if he becomes. A part of the swine. You have to remember in the Jewish culture that uh, 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 the swine was was not even to be touched. Not, a, not it's not just that. They shouldn't eat, and uh, you know. Today we understand that uh, be, Jewish people they are kosher they uh, they want to eat clean things still, and they uh, shun bacon and pork chops and all the good food, right? Ham and all the good things that we like to eat. It was part of their uh, uh, following the Levitical code that over there in Leviticus. It's not just swine, but anything that chews the cud that uh, that has a, a split hoof. Um, uh, the, the swine doesn't have uh, uh, doesn't meet the requirements the swine is is considered filthy is, is considered dirty it's not to, uh, to be consumed and not to be around Not to, and if they're not to uh, consume it that means they're not to have it and if not to have it they're not even to, to even come close to touching it and the laws in Jesus' day was uh, it was a rebuke amongst anyone who Associated with uh, swine any any unclean animal, they were considered unclean if they even touched it, and as a result they couldn 't go into the temple to worship and so uh, this was this was awful jesus' description of the of the person, uh, this young man is is that he's not only doing bad things, he's gotten to the very depths of his despair, the very depths of how far you can get away. He was shameful in all of his things, all the things that he's doing and all the Pharisees are standing around and they're hearing all of this. Not only are they shocked by what he does but they're starting to say, hey, he deserves that. He deserves that. He deserves everything he's getting because he is being so shameful and they're condemning him. Then Jesus says, in the midst of that, while he's sitting there with eating with the swine, verse 17, and he comes to his senses, and he says, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair and i perish with hunger i will rise and go to my father and i will say unto him father i have sinned against heaven and before thee and i am no more worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants you see he comes to a shameful repentance he understands that he's done wrong and he, he begins to sit there and he's thinking about his situation and he's sitting there and he looks around him and he sees the despair that he's in. He's, he's eating what, these, uh, what his employer's given him to feed the swine. He's eating slop. He's eating the husk, the leftovers, the refuse. And he's eating along the side of the swine and he sits there and he says, My father was a fair man. He did right by all those that he employed, even to the point of providing them to where they had more than they needed. (coughs) Excuse me. They had bread enough left over. And he says, I'm starving. (coughs) And he says, I know my father is treating them well in spite of that. (coughs) He sees he he says to himself and what we have to understand is is what he's talking about is a hireling now this is there's a couple of different levels he's not talking about a slave now there were slaves in this period of time, and a slave was someone that was purchased by uh the Uh, the head of the household, the father, and the slave would be someone that would be basically taken in and live with the family and taken care of like the family. Uh, They wouldn't receive a wage. They would instead be taken care of. They'd have a place at the table. They would get to eat. They'd have a roof over their head. And many times, this was how people paid off their debt. Uh, They uh, would indenture themselves to someone so that they could pay it. Remember, they didn't have American Express back then. They didn't have credit cards. They didn't have a way of doing that. So if you had a debt, uh, you sold yourself off for uh, uh, the payment of that debt or you sold yourself to the person you owed that debt to 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 be for a period of time until that debt was taken care of. And then you had the option of staying with them because of how well you were treated or whatever, and you could uh, continue on uh, as, <coughs> uh, a, a say, a bond slave, and you would remain in that household. But he's talking about a hired man... <coughs> He's talking about he's talking about someone that was even hired on. He's talking about men that were hired. These were people that were hired for a wage. They would come in, they would work, then they would go home. They weren't given uh, food like part of the family. They weren't living there. Didn't have a roof over their head. They were simply given a wage. They were many times day laborers. They would be, be people that would come, they'd work, and they were paid that day for the, that pay because that day's pay was how that fam, their family lived. They would go home, provide for their family with what they earned that particular day. Usually it was a denarius uh, because that was a day's wage. Uh, but this young man says, I remember my father. My father, he was a fair man. He was not a hard man. He was not someone that that was uh, so shrewd that he tried to uh, out um, out uh, smart his his hirelings. He didn't mistreat them. He made sure that they had enough to eat. So much so that they had food left over. And he says, "I'm not going to uh, ask that I uh, be even considered a slave. I just want to be a hireling in my father's." Home And his idea is, is that he would go and he would ask his father, in order to, to, uh, to make restitution, that he would go and be a hireling. He's not even asking to be a slave because that would mean that he would be accepted in, uh, along with the family. He realizes that he's broken that, that relationship with his father. He doesn't even desire to, to be considered a part of the family even to the point of being a slave. And so he's uh, come to this place of shameful repentance. And this is, listen, this is just like in uh, when a person comes to Jesus Christ uh, because they realize and they understand that they have no hope in themselves. This young man, he says, I have no hope. I can't even look to other people for help. I can't look to others to help me out. All I know is that I can go to my father. Because He's a fair man, He's a gracious man. He's uh, willing to, to take on those and to forgive uh, others. This is a mirror image to God the Father. He's, uh, and what we see is, is a demonstration of, of the person of God, uh, an a illustration of who God is and those who are able to come in repentance to God. He's saying it's only when we come to that point of shameful repentance, of understanding that we don't deserve anything that God would give us. But we realize that God is more than fair. God is, is uh, uh, gracious. He's loving. He's giving. He's, he's willing to allow us to have uh, that forgiveness. And so he says, look look with me in, in that verse. It says uh, that... He says, I will get up and I will go to my father and I will uh, ask to be made a hired servant. And he rose and came to his father. But when he was yet a, a great way off, his father saw him and he had compassion and he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. Let me show you the shameful reception in the minds of the Pharisees. This is a shameful reception because the father is sitting there and listen, his son is as if he's already dead because he's severed all ties with his family. he severed all ties with his father. He's gone off to another country, but he's not acting as if he's cut off. He's acting as if his son is still a part of the family. He's constantly watching. He's constantly looking. And he sees his son coming. Now, for, for uh, long periods of time, translators, when they came to this passage of Scripture, what they say that the Father does here, they were unwilling to, to admit what the word truly means. When they came to the portion where it says, and when the Father saw him afar off, what does it say? His Father saw him and he had compassion and he what? He ran. This is unheard of in society in, in Jesus' day. It's unheard of for a Jewish man to, un, uh, to, to be undignified and to, to run. So they didn't say he ran, they said he hurried. They uh, didn't translate the word correctly. They said, uh, oh, he, he would never do something like run. And it wasn't uh, until much later that they uh, were were re-looking at this and and came to the point of saying that he ran. He didn't just hurry. He ran. He was willing to allow... uh, Listen, here's what that means. And this is so significant. This is so significant. Here comes a young man that has done all of this. And in the society, in this world... What they would do, the father wouldn't even go and, and, and allow the son to come in and see him right away. typically the father in this situation would refuse to meet with the son and cause him to stay outside of the, uh, of the gates of the house in the midst of the city to see uh, for all the people in the community to see all the uh, all the shame to come upon this young man they would uh, the father would make him to sit out there for days on end to be received uh, for everyone in the community to see how shameful he is and to see how down he has gotten to that point how uh, uh, low he has sunk but what does this father do he runs to his son instead of allowing his son to receive all the rebuke instead of allowing him to see uh, to receive all the shame the father takes the shame upon himself and runs he undignifies himself and runs to his son before he even gets close to the property, so that he might greet his son in all of his filth. remember he's got the filth of the pigs all over him he's got the filth of all that uh, uh, the mud and the muck and all the uh, the dirt and grime and everything else that's in that mud is all over him he's He's got next to nothing. He's probably skin and bones. And the father runs out there to him and allows himself to be undignified, allows himself to receive all the reproach by, uh, by running to his son. He takes it all away from the son. All the rebuke, all of the shame comes to the father. And as soon as he gets to his father, all of the father's servants are huffing behind him, running behind him, and he turns to them, and what does he say? What does it say there? Bring the finest robe. He doesn't want him to stand for one moment more in the shame and indignity of what he has done to himself. He wants to cover him immediately with with the finery of the family, the best. He says, get the best robe. Now, they don't have closets full of clothes during this time. There'd be certain clothes that would be, would be set aside for uh, uh, fine events like kind of think in your mind a tuxedo today. Most of us don't even have a tuxedo. If you do, you don't wear it every day. You don't certainly don't wear it uh, on a regular basis. You wait and save it for a special occasion, a wedding or something like that. And this would be the father's clothes. He would be the one that had the best of clothing, best of everything. He turns to his servants and he says, Go get my best robe. And they bring it to him and he covers him over so that all the people see that he is honored. This one that was outcast, this one that was thrown away, this one that had brought so much shame... The Father is giving Him honor. The Father is saying to them, get the signet ring, the crest of the family. We're going to put it on His finger. He's not an outcast. He's the Son. This is an image of what God does for us. When we come to Him, He doesn't point out how low we've gone in sin. He doesn't point out how wrong we've been. He doesn't point out how much shame that we have brought on Him. He covers us over with His love. And He covers us over with all of His righteousness and forgiveness. He heaps upon us what we don't deserve and He makes us a part of the family. And we don't deserve it at all. The son, you remember the speech he was going to give his father? He doesn't even have a chance to say it to his father. His father's falling on his neck and kissing him with all of the dirt and the grime and, and 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 the pig refuse and everything. And he's just so grateful for the fact that the son has returned. And that's what God does for us. He heaps upon us his love. He doesn't allow us one moment of the shame. He gives us his righteousness, and he takes the son and he throws a wild party to—I uh, mean, a celebration—a wild, a great party to celebrate the fact that his son has returned. And this is this this is equal to the party that the the Bible tells us that every time a A lost soul comes to know Christ, that the angels rejoice in heaven, all of heaven rejoices because the child of the king has returned. Now, fathers, I know we've got a, a hard task of living up to our responsibilities, but Jesus is giving an illustration. Of what we need to see in our own life, of how we need to understand how God loves us so much and desires to to heap upon us a love that we don't deserve a love that that we have shunned a love that that we have turned away from and instead of instead of the shameful uh reception of of Heaping shame upon us, the Father takes the shame for Himself. And we see a shameless recovery, a reconciliation, an undeserved forgiveness that is given by the Father. And we see that God's grace overshadows any sin that we might commit. And we see a Father that is providing an undeserved forgiveness, an undeserved grace, an undeserved restitution, an undeserved love. And fathers, today we need to model that in our life as well towards our family. Demonstrate the love of the Father. Jesus tells them, his instructions to us that we're to live like the Father. And this was not just a demonstration of the forgiveness of God, but, but also an illustration of how we should live. Go out of our way to demonstrate the love of God. And listen, you don't have to be a father to, to need to adopt that into your life as well so today, if you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please understand that God is waiting to run to you, to give you His love, to pour out His forgiveness, in spite of all the sin and the, and the filth that you've allowed to come into your life. He doesn't expect you to get, it, get rid of it before you come. He just merely wants you to come, willing to, to repent away from your sin to turn around your life turn back to him he's running to run he's waiting to run to you boy if these people in Jesus day couldn't understand the head of the household the father of running they certainly wouldn't understand the fact that God is quick to forgiveness but that is exactly what Jesus is saying God is quick Not to anger, not to retribution, but to forgiveness. God wants to run to you. Let's bow our heads. If you need Jesus in your life today, we invite you to come. Won't you come and accept Jesus into your heart and life?